Welcome to VMN Volume 3, Episode 7. VMN was formerly known as Vermont Movement News. It is broadcast and recorded from unceded Abenaki territory. Today we have Daryl Lamont Jenkins, who will be speaking about the white supremacist American Renaissance Conference. Hello, Daryl. Hello, how are you doing today? Good to be here. Doing really well. Uh, can you tell us uh, the history of the AMREN uh, conference and what its impact has been over the years? I would just say that um, it has been a while since we had a real strong presence against um, American Renaissance. And that's only pretty much due to um, the COVID, the pandemic and everything. And I think that um, it is important for us to get back on track when it comes to this conference. We're really going all out in trying to make sure that everybody knows of this conference well before you know the conference happens because um, we want everybody to start talking about it and to start um, addressing it even after it happens. Sadly, there's a good possibility that it happens. So here's the thing about it, however. The American Renaissance is a publication that is edited by Jarrett Taylor of the New Century Foundation. He is also a former board member of the Council of Conservative Citizens, which is a white supremacist group that was spawned out of the ashes of the um, white citizens councils of the 60s that did numerous things to offset civil rights, um, the civil rights movement in particular, um, one of the things that the white citizens councils did, and this might sound familiar, was take black families and bust them to Martha's Vineyard and to other parts up north. Since the north loves the Negroes so much, we figured they can have some of ours, that kind of nonsense. And like I said, that sounds familiar because we're dealing with that now. Um, but anyway, that's what this um, Council of Conservative Citizens comes out of. Jared Taylor was a board member of the Council of Conservative Citizens, and he was also, for a brief time, the spokesman for the Council of Conservative Citizens when Dylan Ruth shot and killed nine parishioners at Mother Emanuel in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I apologize if that is Charleston, South Carolina. I'm not sure. I, I Sometimes I get them confused with Columbus or Columbia. Uh, and I apologize if I did, but I, um, I, I'm sure um, Charleston, he was a spokesman as they were fielding um, questions. The uh, American Renaissance is, was basically a newsletter. Uh, it was printed regularly and it tried to promote the ideas that black people were genetically inferior to whites. And to qualify their nonsense, they will say that Asians are inferior to um or, or superior to whites. Um, basically, it's a eugenic scam um, that was inspired many, many years ago by some of the worst players in political um, circles. And, when, and I have to say political circles because um, eugenics is junk science. There's no science behind it for real. But it's a nice little political tool for those who want to try to undermine those that are trying to get ahead that they feel should so American Renaissance um, traffics in that kind of crap. Every 
two years, since 1990, I believe, the American Renaissance Conference will be held. And basically what it will do is promote the idea that the races should be separate. It will um, use all the usual racist tropes to try to advance that, not just eugenics, but the whole thing about black crime or whatever, saying that black people are responsible for much of the crime in the country. And they would have a prominent face, council conservative citizens as well. They will have their conferences um, shown on C-SPAN. You can actually go to C-SPAN's website and find American Renaissance conferences, council conservative citizens conferences um, online right now. And you will see some very interesting figures on that or otherwise mentioned. And because they had spoken at these conferences, um, case in point, Trent and I got in trouble for speaking at the uh, Council of Conservative Citizens Conference um, and having associations, being an honorary member, Trent not being the former senator, um, re former representative Bob Barr as well. Um, they used to have these conferences in DC, which made it easy for some of your elected officials to come and speak to either the Council of Conservative Citizens Conferences or the American Renaissance Conference. American Renaissance Conferences in particular were being held in DC until people started getting wise to them and started realizing, okay, there's a problem now. And this started happening in around 2000. Now, in 2000 was the year that I went to my first American Renaissance Conference. And if anybody's watched the, uh, the documentary, Alt-Right Age Rage, I, I talk about this. I had the public access show and I wanted to cover the American Renaissance Conference for this show. So I knew I wasn't going to get the answers I wanted, <laughs> but I found out, but I found some folks who um, were in the DC area. They was having their conference in Reston, Virginia at the Sheraton. And they basically were the news crew. They basically were the media crew. Um, they wouldn't allow me into the conference hall, the um, hotel security, hotel officials. And they explained that in the words that there are people that are going to be in that room saying things that I would not like. <laughs> so I said, not that I didn't know that, but I said, okay, all right. Where can I um, wait for my crew to come in um, till they're done with their work? I said, eh, I can sit up in the lounge. Okay, the lounge area was fine. I had myself a ginger ale or something like that. Um, I talked to a guy named Chris Temple, who is um, who was in the lounge at the time. I asked him if it was a Republican thing. He said, kind of. reason why I said Chris Temple is because Chris Temple is a neo-Nazi. <laughs> and if you go to his YouTube page, you won't YouTube channel, you couldn't tell. That's the kind of guy he is. He plays it straight. He's an economist. He, um, and that's all he talks about is economic affairs but he is a neo-Nazi. He is a national socialist. He's also an ex-con because soon after I met him at the American Renaissance Conference, he was on his way to prison for fraud. <laughs> so that was one guy I met while I was up in the lounge. When I decided to step out of that lounge, I literally bumped into David Duke. So I said, okay, all right. So now we really have a game going on. So I told my crew that there was going to be, uh, that David Duke was here. They, interviewed him and the footage that i have from that year from that um from that uh 
conference is one for the record books. I got to tell you, I can't even tell you who it was that was part of my film crew. It's so hardcore, you know. Can you explain to the the listeners who might not uh, know who David Duke is, who he was, and what influence he has uh, wielded on the country? Well, simply put, David Duke was the um, was the Klan leader that gave us the whole suit and tie thing. He wanted when he started when his chapter of the Klan when he became the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1970s. He was the one that decided that decided to just make it more respectable, make it more professional, or what have you, and that took us to a whole new era for the Klan, so to speak. And I mean, he started things like the Klan Border Patrol, which is similar to the Minutemen. It's amazing how conservatives keep borrowing from white supremacists. Um, and the most important thing to remember about David Duke is that he became a household name after he won a seat in the Louisiana legislature in 1989. Now, when that happened, everybody was trying to do something, trying to do something to basically marginalize him. He wasn't there long. And in the end, he didn't really go away. He just became even more of a neo-Nazi, even more of a fascist. And regardless, he was still the elected head of St. Tammany's Parish, um, of, um, of the Republican Party of St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana. So he didn't go away and he is considered to be the most important hate group leader of right now, the modern time. And he's still out there. He's still promoting himself. And he is um, still, uh, and he's, he's actually been at the Montgomery Bell Park Inn for another conference. And we're going to get to that for a Council of Conservative Citizens conference that, that was held at the same park. And I guess we can get to that at some point too. Um, I also should mention somebody else that I met while I was there. It was a former congressman named John G. Schmitz, who, um, who, who died probably about less than a year after I met him. And he was a Republican member of the United States House of Representatives. Um, and in 1972, he was the candidate for um, the um, for president for the American Independent Party. He actually um, was a um, was with the American Independent Party while he was in the House of Representatives, um, while he was a congressman. And the American Independent Party was a um, was really a it still is a um, white supremacist um, party that was best known for its nomination of um, George Wallace in the 68 presidential election as they were running on a segregationist law and order platform against Nixon and Humphreys. But this guy, he ended up, he tried to, um, he got himself into a little bit of trouble because he was uh, for some extramarital affairs and things like that. But the reason why I bring his name up is because not so much of him, but because of his um, daughter who was um, Mary Kay Letourneau a woman who um, was a school teacher um, and was pregnant by her 13 year old student. And that's who, that's how a lot of people know her. This was her father and I met him at American Renaissance. That was in 2000. Now, 
I'm going long because I just want people to understand exactly what it is that we are dealing with here. By about 2006, people were saying, okay, we know who these people are. We know what they're about. We got to just oppose them somehow. So they protested outside and started making a little bit of noise about the conference really starting in 2006. And 2006, that meant it generated a little bit of media attention for the first time, the kind of media attention that they did not want. I mean, by 2000, even C-SPAN was staying away from them. But by about 2006, now it was time for some of the um, news uh, outlets to go and talk to some of the attendees. And one of the attendees turned out to be a prosecutor in upstate New York. He lost his job because he attended the American Renaissance Conference. So in 2008, when we really came out to um, protest them, all of a sudden, no media was allowed inside. You couldn't take pictures anymore. They didn't, I mean, they was on total lockdown in 2008 while we were outside protesting. Then along came 2010, we were sounding the alarm again, but this time the hotels paid attention. One after the other, they were shutting their doors to American Renaissance. American Renaissance said, okay, after all of them shut down, they canceled for that year. They canceled the conference for that year. And that really shook things up for a lot of people because we didn't know we was gonna be able to sink to, to um, to use the vernacular that we generally use when we go after large targets, we didn't know we was going to sink that battleship. We didn't know it was going to be so, and that was the beginning. By the way, no more by um, no more biannual um, conferences. Now they had to try to start doing them annually, but they moved the um, conference out of the D.C. area and went down to North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, where they thought it was safe, and then we did it to them again. So now here comes 2012. And they came to the realization that maybe they should just go ahead and use government-owned facilities, as they put it, publicly-owned facilities, as I will put it, to help people to understand exactly what it is we're talking about. That's how they ended up at the Montgomery Bell Park Inn in 2012. And I'm sorry, uh, yes, 2012. And it's been, um, and yes, they were not, um, no one was allowed to throw them out once the um, contracts were signed. And the thing is, because it was a publicly owned event, or a publicly owned facility, the public, it's a park, can go, can enter the facility whenever they wanted to. There's a restaurant in the um in the venue that they have. People, the public participates in the event in the venue. Oh man, why am I trying to say here? The public gets uh is allowed to use, you know, the restaurant, even while this thing is going on. They have their own little spot, they had their own little conference hall where they can have their um, conference. And that's the only place that will be off limits. Everything else is up for grabs for the uh, for the general public, the people who come there to enjoy the park and activists who just simply want to use the bathroom, <laughs> you know? And that's the way it went until 2018. But why? In 2017, we again had access. We were allowed to go in. We were allowed to... Um, do our protest. But as opposed to years past when there was probably 20 of us or 30 of us protesting them, this is Tennessee. 
I didn't even say Montgomery Bell Park Inn is uh, 45 minutes outside of Nashville in, in a town called Burns, Tennessee. This time we had, this was right after Trump was elected, the first um, first conference after Trump was elected. So we had about 200 people outside this time. And at, also at the time, you talk about, this was the time when they were still organizing for the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, which was gonna be two weeks after this conference. Um, so the um, Unite the Right organizers were there. In 2017, we were able to, um, you know, do what we always did, but we had 200 people coming with us. And not only that, but it was also the organizers of the United Right Rally in Charlottesville were there to promote. And this was two weeks um, ahead of that particular event. Cut to, um, and then there was also the one time that we had an incident. That's because somebody from the American, one of the attendees of the American Renaissance Conference decided to attack one of our people. And the rest, as they say, is history. So this was all embarrassing to them. And um, and it was so funny, too, because I was filming my documentary at the time, um, the Alt-Right Age of Rage documentary. And after this conference, they thought they were done. They thought that, hey, we were finished. Because this was supposed to be, um, the documentary was originally supposed to be about Trump's first year. So after the American Renaissance Conference, they figured they got all the footage that they needed. It was in the can. It was getting ready to be sent out and everything was fine. But I said, look, if you want more B-roll, if you want something that might make the documentary pop a little bit, there's going to be a rally where everybody's showing up in Charlottesville in two weeks. If you can get some people to come out, do it. So they said, "Okay, we're going to hire some folks to um, go around with you as this rally is happening and see if we can get something. After the rally, it wasn't about Trump's first year anymore. (laughs) It changed the whole dynamic. It went from talking, basically talking about Donald Trump to Trump only being in it for maybe like 10, five, five, 10 minutes, you know? So, and these organizers were at the American Renaissance Conference putting Charlottesville together. So the next year, all of a sudden, we had protest pins. We had a huge phalanx of cops. No one was allowed to be anywhere in that building that wasn't going to the conference. And that included the people who were paying taxes to enjoy their park. And every, everything changed. All of a sudden, we went from defending everyone's free speech to just defending theirs, defending the attendees of American Renaissance conferences. And that's the way it's been for a couple of the years. And last year, it was um it was even worse because what happened was we were put to the uh, we were not we weren't even allowed to be up front in a protest pen somewhere. This time we was told that we had to be behind the building. And this was I guess you could say that they was trying to protect the attendees or what have you. But some of the attendees, these guys from a group called Media to Rise, who's, who passed themselves off as documentaries, were allowed to come to us. And that was, you know, we had to call we had to call BS on the hypocrisy there. So in the end, we learned that that Patriot Front was in that room. Media to Rise is associated with Patriot Front and Patriot Front pretty much had to run in the place at this conference. 
And for those of you who don't realize, don't recall who what Patriot Front is, they're the ones who put these flash mob marches around the country. Put they put them on and almost um and got arrested for trying to do it in um Idaho during a um Pride Fest event back on June 11th of this year. And one of the people that got arrested was uh Graham Whitson, who was the cameraman who came to us over at uh what you call at um at American Renaissance. Can you describe talk a little bit about who Rob Rondo is and his association with Media to Rise and the violence associated with his group? Well, Rob Rondo is the founder of um, Media to Rise along and it is him. Media to Rise is Rob Rondo, Alan Goff, who goes by the name of Lucia Corgat and Graham Whitson. Rob Rundo is also the um, one of the founders of another group called the Rise Above Movement, who is basically street thug wannabes, to be honest, which I gotta say wannabes, because these little knuckleheads don't know what it means to be a street thug. They just pretend to be. But they like to engage in fights all over the country. They were fighting in Huntington Beach, California. Rob Rundo's from California. And as well as in Charlottesville, um, and a number of um, members of Media Media to Rise are sitting in jail right now. I'm sorry, not Media to Rise, but the Rise Above Movement are sitting in jail right now for all of this, for engaging in basically street battles. That's all they do. Rundo has been fleeing the country. He shows up in Europe, and he basically found a safe space out there. He's probably in Europe now. Uh, there was, I guess, a moment where he was allowed to come back into the country. I have to check on that. But it's one of the reasons why I think that the one masked guy that approached us was him. <laughs> I think he was kicked out of Serbia or yes, one of he those. he was kicked out of Serbia. But um, and remember, the Rise Above Movement, or rather not only Rise Above Movement, but the members of Patriot Front under the banner of um, Vanguard America, some members of Patriot Front were all in Charlottesville initiating and engaging in the violence that we saw that day. So here they are in American Renaissance Conference. Meanwhile, we also have a problem with the state of Tennessee trying to crack down on us. Again, it went from defending everybody's freedom of speech to just defending the freedom of speech and the freedom of movement um, of uh, those that go to American Renaissance Conferences. They tried to pass some sort of ordinance. I don't know what the um, status of it right now that prevented protests in state parks and public parks. It wasn't just in response to us protesting American Renaissance Conference, but also in response to whatever was going on in regards to the um, protests of 2020. They was really targeting Black Lives Matter. Now, because Montgomery Bell State Parks have been, and rather Tennessee State Parks have been such a safe space that other white supremacist groups have been going to Tennessee to hold events. You had twice, two years in a row, you had the Council of Conservative Citizens and American Freedom Party holding up joint conferences at Montgomery Bell not too long after um, the American Renaissance Conference was held. And that's where you will see people like David Duke, Stormfronts, Don Black, and other individuals. And that's because the state of Tennessee has basically sent out, sent out the call that, hey, 
um, we're fascist friendly. Just come on in and have your conferences here. No one's going to bother you. We'll see to it. And that's one of the reasons why folks in Tennessee say, are saying that we can't do this alone anymore. And we really need the help of those who are outside of the state of Tennessee, outside of our own um, borders, because let's face it, these folks are coming from various parts of not just the country, but also the world. So they come to this conference to feel comfortable, to learn how to put things together that will cause all of us harm and go back to their homes with that information. Remember, in 2008, they had to kick some, they had to fire somebody in upstate New York because he was a state prosecutor. He was a prosecutor. Can you talk about some of the international participants, uh, Ruben Collap and some of the others? Yes, Ruben Collap currently is going to be is one of the speakers at uh, American Renaissance this year. Uh, he was, and now and I'll just make it clear, he is a member. I believe he's from Estonia. And he is a, I believe, is still a member of parliament there. He's also associated with a number of neo-Nazi groups in uh, Europe. And I believe his group is called, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell, he's, with the, um, he's the founder of the Conservative People's Party of Estonia. At least they're, they're um, I believe, no, no, that's not right. Oh, Blue Awakening. That's the name of his um, group. That was a group that he had uh, started. But he, um, he's been a member of the Estonian Conservative People's Party. And a, um, they note that he is a Nazi. He is an anti-Semite. And he speaks. He comes here to the United States to speak at this conference. Now, last year, he did it via, um, he did it via satellite. He did it via Zoom. Um, partially, I think that it has something to do with us calling attention to him and making sure and trying to make sure that he is not allowed in the country. But it also could be because of the COVID situation. So there's a good possibility that he will be in the States this year. There was also a Dries Van Lagenhoek who was facing, he's out of, um, I believe, Belgium. I just want to make sure of this. But Dries Van Lagenhove is a politician from, uh, yeah, he is Belgium. And he was facing um, hate crime charges out there. He was facing some hate charges out there. And in 2020, he was supposed to be speaking at American Renaissance. I don't believe he did. I have to check and make sure of that. But he's not speaking this year. As a matter of fact, they were supposed to be in court on April 25th, 2022, and I'll just have to check and see how that particular um, court case went down. But he's not going to be in the he's not going to be in the states, as far as I can near tell, for the conference. But if we're going to get on the subject, by the way, of politicians, um, we got to talk about the fact that we have our own politicians that are coming to um, that are going to be speaking at this conference, and that would be Iowa Republican Steve King. And he represented the 5th Congressional District in Iowa. And they really just kicked him out of Congress simply for being a racist, simply for being a racist. And uh, it was after a whole bunch of um, controversial things that he would um, advocate for. He called, well, let's start with the fact that he 
when um when a uh, when I believe it was a governor, no, it was another congressman named Todd Aiken. He made a statement about legitimate rape, and King defended him as a strong Christian man. But in regards to like racial politics, then you start getting into um, nonsense about how um, about how he um he complained back in January 2019. Um, with the New York Times saying um, getting upset because um, white because he says that terms like white nationalist, white supremacist, Western civilization, he, he was um, waxing. He was um, asking why did that language become offensive? You know, he complained about the um, increase of people of color and women in the House. You can look over there and think the Democratic Party is no country for white men. That was his line, you know, and. Uh, after a while, people was um, listening to King and saying, you know, there is something that's just a little off about him, even though everybody else was saying, hey, uh, this clown's a racist scumbag. Even Tim Scott at some point, um, the um, Black Republican senator from South Carolina, started calling him out. And then they just basically um, censured him. And in the end, he lost, they would not support him when he ran for um, Congress for another term. And, um, now he's going to be at the American Renaissance Conference and he's going to be speaking. And other speakers that are slated to be there are going to be like um, there was another a, a former congressional candidate and straight up anti-Muslim troll by the name of Laura Loomer. She's going to be speaking there and uh, think about she lost her um, primary. So she's not going to be a, a congressperson elect by the time this time um, this event happens. But. But it, um, there's also going to be the um, the usual suspect. There's going to be a cop that's going to be speaking there. And his title of his thing is called The Vilification of the Police and What It Means for America. And um, the folks from Red Ice, a neo-Nazi media outlet, are going to be speaking there. Gregory, they say his name is Gregory Hood, but his real name is Kevin Deanna, who started the group Youth for Western Civilization. And um, that was a that was a group that, they wouldn't call themselves a white supremacist group, but they were. And there was white supremacists enough for uh, Matthew Heinbach to really get his start um, with them. So, but that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with now. And I know it was a particularly long and drawn out, but I needed people to understand the history. I needed people to understand what it is that we are going to have to deal with on November 18th and 20th in Burns, Tennessee at the Montgomery Bell State Park Inn. And I hope that we can get more people involved, more people to um, participate in this well before the conference. If you cannot make it, at least start call, helping out people who can. And if you can make it, let us know. Let us know. How can people get in touch? Well, there's a, um, there is, in fact, a um, you can go to onepeoplesproject.com and you and you will see on our sidebar all the information that you need to get involved. There's also I would ask everybody you can either email one people's project. Um, you can email me dlj at onepeoplesproject.com, or you can also go. To, um, we also have a an email set up for this thing, for this very thing. So if anybody wants to um, participate and wants to contact us directly, go to Montgomery Bell Coalition 
at gmail.com. That is Montgomery Bell Coalition at gmail.com. And we can help you get things started. We have to get things rolling. And we, but we really would like to have you on board. I can tell you right now that for the first time, we are getting people that are publicly endorsing this particular um, action that we're that we're going to take. This is going on for about a decade now, and we are seeing the damage that it is doing, seeing the pain that it is causing for a lot of people. So I do want to acknowledge those that are in fact endorsing this event, and we really would like to have your organization's name added to this. Um, that will um, they will include American Shark, um, the Anti-Fascist Unity Coalition, which is a group that um, some of us have put together to do above ground things and promote publicly anti-fascism. There's Appalachian Direct Action, Appalachian Feminist Coalition, Asheville Anti-Racism, Atlanta Anti-Fascist, Central Mississippi Antifa, Dangerous Ideas Collective, Earthfire Abbey, Fight Back Bay Ridge, Foster Woods School, Freedom Socialist Party, Green Mountain Peace and Justice Party, Green Mountain John Brown Club, Mothers of Many, Nashville Community Action Team, No Exceptions Prison Collective, my organization, One People's Project, Opossum Press, People's Black Panther Party, People's Organization for Progress, Project Say Something, Radical Women, Rose City Antifa, Reunited Against Racism and Fascism, NYC, and the Upper Valley Democratic Socialists of America. These are all the endorsers that we have to date. There's more coming. And we really would like to add your names to the list. And if you can organize a, a caravan, a carpool, or we would really love to see buses coming down to uh, to make this a really effective demonstration, that would be great too. Yes, I was just told that there are going to be there might be folks from Pittsburgh that will be coming down to this thing. We'll see. I was just told this morning um, they're trying to put some things together. But we'll, but we'll see how um, how that goes. I'll probably going to be talking with them right after I get off this um, call. Excellent. Is there anything more you want to say uh, before we wrap this up? Yes, absolutely. I want my people to, um, if you're looking for me, if you're looking to answer um, me to answer questions or anything like that, I gave you my email earlier. But the best way to try to just reach out and support One People's Project and these efforts, you can go to onepeoplesproject.com. You can also go to our newsline, idavox.com. They're both online. Idavox is Idavox at Idavox OPP on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. One People's Project is One People's Proj. Leave out the ECT on Twitter. And we're also, and it's also on Facebook. And of course, me, my personal page is D Lamont Jenkins at D Lamont Jenkins. That's also my Instagram page. And of course, I'm also on Facebook. So, <laughs> and I'm on TikTok, but I don't know why. But <laughs> excellent. So, and I will have a quick video. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut it off, but there is going to be like a, a quick commercial for the opposition to American Renaissance. You're going to see it on a social media sometime soon. And there's uh, badges for uh, to put on social media for memes to promote this event. If you contact uh, Daryl, he can send those to you. Yes. Yes, definitely. We'll be able to send you the um, badges. You'll like them. <laughs> we have them in all different colors for all different uh, sensitivities. Yes, yes. And uh, if you need a particular color, just let me know. <laughs> Needless, can you tell I'm having fun with this? <laughs> 
but seriously though, we really want people to start putting the word out there that um, folks are going to come out and we can use all the support that we can get. Um, but really, we want to see this shut down. So the one thing that we didn't mention is the fact that we're going to be doing a phone jam. We're going to be calling pe people and suggesting, hey, look, contact folks, state officials in Tennessee and say, what the hell are you doing? Park officials at Montgomery Bell going, what the hell are you doing? You're going to start seeing um, that shown in other spots as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, Daryl, for spending the time to uh, discuss the Amran Conference. This has been VMN Volume 3, Episode 3. VMN was formerly known as Vermont Movement News. And if you look, if you need to search for it on podcast apps, use Vermont Movement News. Thank you. <laughs>